You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome back to the Light Forge Podcast, Festival of Legends, Card Review, Podcast Stream, Video, you know the drill. It's me, Adwikta. If you're just tuning in now, Murps was here with us to review three cards. But before he left us, and, and now we're all alone to do the rest of these cards. Now, we reviewed the three most important cards that are coming into the meta. So if you haven't watched the neutral ones, you should, you should watch that. It'll really set the tone for it. But we are now in the class cards, and without Murps, this should go a lot faster. Ten minutes per. I'm just going to rip right through these. First card for Death Knight is Arcanite Ripper. Speaking of Rip... It is a one blood card, uh, one red uh, for for the deck construction purposes, and it is a three mana, three two fiery war axe, old fiery war axe, the nerfed one. But it has a death rattle, and the death rattle says summon a one one life steal undead. Change your health on your turn while this is equipped, in order to improve. So. Improving this makes it, uh, gives it a plus one, plus one uh, for, for each improvement, I think. Um, but it doesn't make that much of a difference if it just like summons more. Either way, the point is you have a old fiery war axe and now it will summon some kind of minion at the end of its life. And the minion has lifesteal. And because you are changing your health on your turn, both swings, unless you're swinging face... It will be guaranteed to be a 3-3 at the very least. If you don't heal yourself and if you don't deal damage to yourself in some other way during those two turns. Um, so yeah, bonus 3-3 with lifesteal. And you're definitely going to need lifesteal because you've just used a weapon twice. That is super good. We're doing this card first because this is our first S-tier card of the set. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count right now, actually, how many S-tier cards were here. But we usually don't get a lot of S-tier cards. I'm looking at March of the Lich King right now. And if you don't look at Legendaries, Flight of the Bronze was an S-tier card. That's it. That was the only S-tier card in March of the Lich King. Going back one more to uh, Nathria. If you don't look at Legendaries, Nathria had right. Uh, Murder Anathria had Spirit Poacher as S tier, Wild Spirit, this is all pre-nerf, Wild Spirits as S++ tier, um, Mischievous Imp was, uh, was rated S tier. And then you go back more to Sunken City, and you have no S tier cards, besides Legendary cards. Um, in Alteric... Your S tier uh, class cards were Bloodseeker, uh, Brasswing, Templar Captain, Walpaw Cavern. Right? Okay, I'm not going to go back more because I don't think there were S tier cards before that, actually. I think that was the first time we actually started having S tier cards. Um, there's just not a lot of S tier cards in this game. That being said, every expansion does add a couple more. And three S tier cards are added in this expansion. And this is the first one, Arcanite Ripper. Just wanted to set the stage here. Uh, it is an incredibly powerful card. Now, S tier is also kind of a big uh, 
a big range. So I'm not saying Arcanite Ripper is necessarily as good as Walpaw Cavern or like Brasswing or whatever, but it's around the same level. Um, that lifesteal is super good because you're guaranteed to want it. Okay. Enough of Arcanite Ripper. Besides Arcanite Ripper, the next best card is Hardcore Cultist. Uh, Hardcore Cultist uh, for Death Knight is a 3-mana 2-1 Undead. It is 1 blue. Uh, and Battlecry, deal 2 damage. Finale to all enemies. Now, 3-mana, deal 2 damage, 2-1. Two, That's fine. That is a fine card. Like, back in the day, that would be what you would expect, and you would be happy with it, right? These days, that's not a great card. But this card still comes out as an A, because that finale is ridiculous. Now, two damage to all enemies is a consecration. That is a four-mana card. Yeah, okay, they buffed it in, uh, in uh, this round of core changes to be a three-mana card. But even in that case... You are basically getting a newly buffed Consecration with a free 2-1. All you have to do is trigger the finale by using up all your mana on that turn that you play it. Which again, is not that hard. It's not always. And the thing with these kind of situational cards is that like when you need a Consecration, you need a Consecration. Right? Like, having a Consecration the next turn doesn't really help as much. You need a Consecration when you need it. So it's a it's a little like if you're wondering why there's not like an S tier card or, or even an A plus tier card, the conditional does actually matter here. Um, but it's just it's a really good card. It's almost a three mana consecrate. All right, it's hardcore cultist. Next up is screaming banshee. This one is another A tier card. So, back in the neutrals, when we saw A-tier cards, like the Proto-Drake, uh, a Promo-Drake, sorry, the Concert Promo-Drake, uh, and if you see an A-plus card like the Paparazzi, we go crazy, right? We're like, this can't be in the arena, this will destroy the arena, everything will be the same. There's not that problem in class cards. Each class is supposed to be different. Class cards are supposed to be better than neutral cards. So, A-tier class cards are, like, totally fine. A-plus is, like, pushing it a little. It's when we get to the S-tier that we're like, no. Now you're, like, destroying the entire game. The game can't be played. Like, it, these are, like, win game cards, basically. When you see an Arcanine Ripper, especially if it gets, like, an extra trigger or something, uh, how are you going to deal with just, like, a free 4-4 that heals your opponent up? Like, one of the things about playing a weapon is that you make yourself lower in health, so you create some kind of vulnerability in exchange for all that additional tempo. Here, you get even more additional tempo, like, plus more than 50% additional tempo. And then you also, like, make back all of your health. It's just, it's, it's insane. Anyway, so here's that A-tier card. Uh, it's Epic Screaming Banshee, 5-mana, 3-6 lifesteal. So, understated. 3-6 lifesteal, that should be, like, 4-mana. But here's the uh, ability. After your hero gains health, Summon a soul with that much attack and health. So it has lifesteal. And if it triggers the lifesteal, and lifesteal triggers whether it gets hit or if it hits anything else, and any of your other sources of gaining health all do this, you will summon an extra minion with that much attack and health. 
So let's say the Screaming Banshee, which has six health, by the way, cannot be removed smoothly in one turn. Like, your opponent has to hit a minion into it and then deal two more damage to it or something, right? Then, the Screaming Banshee is essentially a 5-mana 3-6 with lifesteal and a 3-3 minion. That's really good. And that's, like, almost a worst-case scenario, because very rarely is your opponent going to cleanly be able to deal 6 damage in, in one go to this thing. If this thing lives a turn, then you get a free 3-3. If you, like, play this with, like, some kind of, like, healing combo, or, for example, if you time it with the Arcanite Ripper, which is turn three, and then, you know, you Arcanite Ripper, you use it, then on turn four, you don't use the Arcanite Ripper, and on turn five, you play the Screaming Banshee, then you Arcanite Ripper. Oh, no, no, no. You have to, okay, so it's set up the other way. So you Arcanite Ripper twice, and then you have a Lifesteal minion that has to live a turn. Anyway, my point is, it's it's Death Knight. There's plenty of ways to gain health. So there's also plenty of synergies that could possibly trigger. Um, and once it, any synergies trigger, this card becomes insane. But even when synergies don't trigger, unless it can get cleanly removed, this card is insane. So it's only an A because it can be cleanly removed. Right? You can fireball it. Maybe you do have a 6-6 six, six on the board. Maybe you have a 6-6 six, six rush. Uh, that you can play. 6-6 six, six rushes are very much a thing, right? Uh, there is that, that neutral card that is a 6-6 six, six rush uh, starting up after a certain turn. So, oh, sorry, that's like a 7-7 seven, seven rush. Anyway, um, it can be removed, but usually it can't be without multiple hits. So that's, that's why it's not like an S-tier card. Anyway, that is uh, Death Knight's uh, good cards. So once we've covered Death Knight's good cards, the rest of the Death Knight cards are, are kind of bad. There's one bridging card that's B, and that's a, a legendary card. We're just going to... You know what? We'll, we'll do legendary cards at the end for these classes. Because the legendary cards for each of these, like as a theme for this expansion, is one like minion and then one spell. So they're kind of thematic. I'll save them for the end. Um... Alright, so now you have a bunch of cards that are like C plus and C and whatever. Uh, let's talk about Harmonic Metal. Harmonic Metal is 3 mana, uh, it's 1 red. Give 4 random minions in your hand plus 2 plus 2. You have to have 4 random minions in your hand for that to even work. Uh, and that swaps each turn. So when it swaps, it becomes give 2 random minions in your hand plus 4 plus 4. This one's a C plus... Uh, it's it's fine. You're getting a lot of stats, but then you have to like play them to actually be able to use it. And half the time, it's you, you probably don't have enough minions, so you would have to like wait and only play it on like half of your turns. So it's also kind of awkward. Um, so yeah, so it's a C plus. It is a lot of stats for three mana though, right? Like it's sixteen stats for three mana. You're not going to get that kind of value anywhere, but. You are anti-tempoing, so you have to make up the tempo later, and it's situational when you can anti-tempo. And the thing with anti-tempo is if you're going to anti-tempo, you really want to control when you anti-tempo, right? Especially with three mana. That's quite a big hit to your anti-tempo. Uh, ideally, what you actually want to do with this card is to, one, have enough minions later, uh, cards and minions later on in the game that you have, like, an actual hand, and then play it 
and play one of the minions on the same turn to offset it. But then you're looking at this as like a turn like, I don't know, six or like turn eight kind of card. And uh, you got to wait for it a bit longer. All right. Um, next card is Death Metal Knight. This one is two red. So you got to go a little bit more committed to red to have access to this card. Uh, it's three mana, three, four taunt. It costs health instead of mana if your hero was healed this turn. Um, it's a three drop. It's fine. Costing health instead of mana is nice. Um, especially if your hero was healed this turn, which means you could probably use some health uh, at that point. Um, so it's a good combo piece, but otherwise it's a solid, solid three drop at, uh, at C+. After that is Bone Shredder. Bone Shredder is epic. This one comes in at a C, so it's like barely above a Yeti. Five mana, five four. Battle Cry. Uh, it's also an undead, and it's one green. Battle Cry. Spend five corpses to trigger and gain the death rattle of a random friendly minion that died this game. So five mana, five four is understated. Um, so you need that death rattle to really make up for it. It's random. You don't get to control what death rattles you put in your deck mostly. You have to take good cards. Sometimes they have meaningless death rattles that do nothing. Sometimes they have negative death rattles. So this random part really, really hurts. If you get a good death rattle, it's worth it. But it's just, it's pretty iffy for an arena card. Um, so yeah. So overall, we think it's better than a Yeti for its potential. Like the upside is pretty big, especially if you draft it early on or you happen to have a deck that kind of works with it where all of your death rattles at least do something. Um, like imagine you just play one death rattle and it's like summon a 2-2 two -two or whatever. Well, now your Bone Shredder is 5 mana, 5-4, 2-2, death rattle, summon a 2-2. Two -two. That's really good. And that death rattle summon a 2-2 two -two was not even a great death rattle or anything. You just have to make sure that you don't dilute your death rattle pool with like these death rattles that do nothing or these death rattles that are like actually bad for you. Like that's why the score is low. We have when you have to give like a score, you have to give a score, right? But this one is kind of not very representative. Like in a, in the right deck, this card's really good. And you'll know when you pick the card. Because you either pick the card early enough that you can make sure you put the right death rattles in and at least avoid the bad death rattles. Or you pick the card late enough and you'll already know what's in your deck and if you've already violated the thing or not. So it's part of the deck building process. Um, I think when you see it, it's going to feel a lot better than a C because people are going to be not so dumb as to put this card uh, frequently into decks that it's not suited for. All right. Uh, we have a D-plus card next. This is a little bit below Yeti. It is Mosh Pit. It's a location. Two mana, two charges. Uh, spend three corpses to give a friendly minion reborn. Needs to be comboed. Like, if you think about it as two mana for, like, really, really delayed, like, four ones, it's kind of whatever, right? But if you can get some good death rattles to trigger on the reborns, then it could be worth it. Uh, overall, it's not super impressive, um, but you could have a deck for it. And even if it's just, like, getting two delayed four ones for two mana, it's still, like, okay, right? 
Like, you don't love it, but you're still getting something for it. So, it's a pickable card, even if you don't quite hit the synergies yet. And finally, the last non-legendary card we're going to talk about for Death Knight is Death Growl, which is a one-mana green. Uh, choose a minion, spread its Death Rattle to adjacent minions. You need a really good Death Rattle, you need adjacent minions. It's way too situational. Uh, this is an F+. Alright, now to the legendary cards. We're going to end with the minion and then the spell always. So the minion here is Cage Head. Cage Head is an undead 5-1 for 8 mana and requires 2 greens to put in your uh, Death Knight deck. Death Rattle, summon a 9-9 Blight Boar with Charge and Taunt. So it's a delayed 9-9 Charge and Taunt, basically, for 8 mana. Which is pretty good. It's a B. Like, you'll, you'll take it in your deck. Um, I don't know. There's not much to say to it. It's kind of a... Uh, I guess it's nice and thematic, but it's not particularly complicated. Alright, and then the uh, spell is Climactic Necrotic Explosion. That is 10 mana. It requires you to have a rainbow split of red, blue, and green for your Death Knight. And it is deal 5 damage. Summon two 1-1 one -one souls. And the two 1-1 one -one souls are randomly improved by corpses you've spent. So the random improvements can be giving it some kind of ability or giving it plus one, plus one. Um, and you have to spend corpses. It also has lifesteal. I mean, okay. You're dealing five damage for ten mana. That's pretty much nothing. You're summoning two 1-1 one -one souls. That's pretty much nothing. How many corpses have you spent? Right? That's the big question. And this is Arena. You're not really spending that many corpses. Now that... Uh, oh, why do I keep blanking on these names? Now that the, the card that shall not be named that was in every Death Knight deck and ruining the meta for the longest time is no longer in the game. That card's been banned. Um, so... Oh, that's right. Sorry, I'm reading Twitch chat right now. Anything can be improved. So it's randomly improved. So you can summon two 1-1 one, one souls, and they can become two 2-2 two souls, or instead of dealing 5 damage, you can deal 6 damage. And all that happens, like, live. Like, it's not random, right? Like, you can see the numbers. Like, before you play the Climatic Necrotic Explosion, you see exactly what it does. Um, oh, and it can summon additional souls, too. Okay, interesting. So you can improve, it can randomly improve the souls, and it can randomly summon the number. I see. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so it's, but, but, like, it's, it's random in that how the card is buffed is random, but it's not random when you play it. Uh, the, the main problem is still the same, right? It's how many corpses you spent. You don't really have engines to spend corpses in Death Knight in the, uh, in the arena. If you track how many corpses you've spent in the prior meta when playing Death Knight, it's not a very high number. Um, and for a 10 mana card, this kind of has to more or less end the game, right? And it... It just doesn't do that unless it's being used as a really weird pyroblast. So this is a C. 
Like, it's not an unpickable card. It's doing a lot of stuff, right? 10 mana cards are... They at least do a lot of stuff. And this one does do a lot of stuff. But you really do want a lot more for a 10 mana, from a 10 mana card. Okay. So that's it for Death Knight. Overall... It's, uh, it's got some pretty good cards. I think you'll see a theme here where there's actually quite a lot of A-tier cards. Uh, this is a good set overall for classes. Death Knight did not actually get a lot of super good cards. But I feel like Death Knight just won't get good cards. Uh, or like a lot of good cards uh, in, in future sets uh, either. Because a lot of what it's supposed to do is to be synergized and to be built up. And all the cards that it actually has are just what other classes can do already. The big one here is Arcanite Ripper. Arcanite Ripper is like that build-around card. It will single-handedly lift a class up. It is rare, so you're not going to see it as often. If it were common, we would be in real big trouble. But even as a rare, like if you think about Caverns back in the day, that was an S-tier card. Caverns was rare. Caverns is not a, a, a common card, um, I think. Am I remembering this right? I'm pretty sure Caverns is rare. I feel like we would have uh, had bigger issues if caverns were, were common. Um, but anyway, I don't think this is going to be like the biggest problem, but you'll you'll definitely feel it, and it will be unfair. And if anyone plays an Arcanite Ripper on curve, you're probably losing the game. Like it's such a big big swing. All right. Um, we'll we'll see you on the on the next class. Next up is gonna be Demon Hunter. God, every time they add a class, they just move up the alphabet. All right, Demon Hunter was above Druid, which used to be number one always, and now uh, now Death Knight is uh, is number one. All right. Until next time, this is Advokta. Welcome back! This is the Life Forge Podcast, uh, Festival of Legends. We are doing Demon Hunter now. Uh, Festival of Legends card review. This is Adwikta. Murps is not here, but rest assured, Murps has looked at all these scores and we have discussed the ones that, you know, uh, these are all Murps approved, basically. He's moved some of the, the scores around and all that. This is not, a, this is not just my score. Uh, we are now at Demon Hunter. And again, we're going to do these, we always do these from the best cards to the worst card. But Demon Hunter has a lot of good cards. The best one is an A+, so not quite S, but close to it. And it is Glaivetar. This is a rare weapon. 4 mana, 4, 2 weapon. Death Rattle, draw 1 card. Play Outcast cards while equipped to improve. So... It already is a normal weapon that draws you a card. And then, if you synergize it and play outcast cards while you have it equipped, you will draw even more cards. So, that's all That's all pretty insane. Um, the only thing kind of like preventing it from being like super duper insane is that this is Demon Hunter. Your face is very valuable. So, weapons in Demon Hunter are actually kind of good. Because you never run into that one extra damage issue you do with other classes uh that hero power just buffs your your uh face attack damage so you can always get one extra damage if you need um but you are still using your face as a resource anyway these are this is a really insane card 
doesn't need that much explanation. Um, next up is a whole bunch of A-tier cards. Like a whole bunch of A-tier cards. I'm just going to start with the, the smallest one. Taste of Chaos. Taste of Chaos is a one-mana common spell. Deal two damage to a minion. So... These days, one mana can deal three damage to a minion, but dealing two damage to a minion is still pretty damn good. Uh, finale. Discover a fell spell. So, you already have a perfectly okay card. And then finale, as a one mana card, finales are pretty damn easy. Finale. Discover a fell spell. So you can... It's, it's just super good. Like, one mana, discover a spell is a totally normal card that is good. And on top of that, you're dealing two damage to a minion. That's a very, very, very good card. Uh, next up, you have Guitar Soloist. So, Guitar Soloist is another common card. These are all A-tier cards, by the way. Five mana, four, three. Battlecry, if you control no other minions, draw a spell, a minion, and a weapon. So, if you control no other minions, draw a spell, a minion, and a weapon. You can't play this card as a 5-mana 4-3 without controlling no other minions, right? Like, it has to be played solo. So, you just have to wait until whatever the situation is that you can get this solo, and then you draw three cards. Five mana, four, three, draw three cards. And two of them are really, really good. Uh, the only downside is that you have to actually have a spell and a weapon in your deck. Which sometimes doesn't happen, right? Like, oftentimes you don't have enough weapons in your deck. You only have one or two. And, you know, if you draw them, then this card draw, draws one less. But at the same time, if you draw one less card, who really cares, right? It's still a five mana, four, three that draws two cards. Ooh. Um, this is an A tier card. It's situational enough that it's not like it's super busted card, but it is still very good. You want this in your deck, and uh, it gives Demon Hunter some uh, some good draw uh, as a as a common card too. Like you're looking for for things that kind of change how a class plays. Um, that usually ends up mattering in the meta much more than whether an individual card is good or not. So like Glaive Tar, right, we covered, is an auto-pick, super good, draws you cards. Guitar Soloist draws you also like multiple cards. Uh, Taste of Chaos, even their like, you know, little pings and whatever, it still replenishes itself and more so than that draws you like cards. So you're having a lot of really good card draw cards being added to Demon Hunter. And that's going to change the way the entire class plays. Because Demon Hunter used to be either very aggressive or wait for the big uh, demons, right? And if you wait for the big demons, you play your big demons, and then you're out. Like, there's still no card draw in Demon Hunter before. Uh, and that's all changing. There's a lot of card draw coming in for Demon Hunter. Okay, one more A-tier card to finish this up. It is Instrument Smasher. This one's epic. You're not going to see it that much. Um, so 4 mana, 3, 6. So it's on curve. Whenever your weapon is destroyed, equip a random Demon Hunter weapon. Very, very good. If you can synergize it with your last swing of a weapon, you get a free random Demon Hunter weapon. 
super duper good. And because it's a weapon, you can control it, right? If you're not playing this on curve, you can just like not swing that last charge of the weapon until you play this card. Okay. So, just like the Death Knight that we talked about before, after you get through the good cards, there's kind of this drought. There's not a lot of B-tier cards for Demon Hunter either. You're going to some, like, bad cards. The bridging card is Snakebite. Snakebite is a C-tier card, so, like, a little bit better than a Yeti. It's a 2-mana 1-1 Naga. Rush. Battle Cry. Gain plus 1, plus 1 for each minion that died this turn. So, you probably can't play it on curve, but off curve, it's going to be good value. Like, you could probably make sure two or three things die in a turn. Um, after that, you have some D-plus tier cards. Like, these cards are not great, but they won't kill your deck. Security, a two-mana spell. Summon two, one-one, Eldari with Rush. Not great. Outcast, summon one more. Okay. I don't know. It's fine. Probably combos with some stuff. Uh, Eye of Shadows is your last uh, D-plus tier card. This one's epic. Uh, two mana, two, three demon. Your hero has lifesteal. You have a hero power that you're going to use pretty often. So, you know, the lifesteal is not, like, just a weapon synergy. Uh, but it's not that big of a, of a boost compared to, uh, compared to your normal, uh, your, your normal crocs. And then, uh... Last non-legendary card is Rush the Stage. Rush the Stage, three mana, spell, draw two Rush minions. They cost one less. This one's not good. You don't have that much Rush minions. You can't consistently make sure you have two in your deck. Um, and remember, these are, like, so I, I guess it's kind of thematic. It forces you to play this Rush card early, right? Normally, you don't want to draw cards until later on because you care more about tempo early and less about tempo later. But for this card, you kind of have to play it early or else you keep running the risk that you don't have enough rush cards in your deck. If you even have two rush minions in your deck to begin with. Like, that's the problem with, uh, with this card. Um, and because otherwise, three mana to draw two things and then they cost one less is like one mana for two cards, which is pretty good. Um, the other problem is that there are they, the cards you're drawing are rush minions. And rush minions are... Probably on average worse than the average card in your deck. Like you're not drawing your super big spells. You're not drawing your like, you know, weapons or whatever. Okay. So that's it for the non-legendary cards. The legendary card, as usual, it is a one minion and then one spell. The minion is Halvaria Dark Raven, four mana four three rush. After a friendly rush minion attacks, give your minions plus one attack. So the friendly rush minion includes Halveria itself. Four mana, four, three rush, first of all, is not bad. It's not good, but it's not bad. But immediately, once it attacks, it gives all your minions, including itself, like after it attacks, uh, including itself, plus one attack. So you're buffing your whole thing by plus one. And any other minion with rush does the same thing. So they can be played on the same turn. Halvaria is only four mana. Later on, you'll you'll have more mana to do other stuff. Uh, or they could already be on the board, right? Where the rush kind of like didn't matter anymore, but it's still a rush minion. So when it attacks, it's buffing everything else too. 
you can get quite a bit of plus attack like this if you have the right board. Whether you have and the right can't, which involves a little bit of setup, but is mostly like happenstance, right? Like the circumstances happen to fit that, and so you get some value out of it. But overall, it's just all kind of bonus. Like, it's just how big your bonus is. It's just a good card. Um, okay, and then the spell is going down swinging. Uh, it is five mana. Uh, give your hero plus two attack and immune this turn, then attack each enemy minion. So you want to use it with a hero power, so that it's really six mana, deal three damage to everything. That's not good, like, for a board clear. But it's still a board clear, so it gets a C. All right. I mean, that's Demon Hunter. I don't know what else uh, What else is there to say about this. We cover the main thing. The main thing with this Demon Hunter package, and I think it's really obvious, is that they're trying to make Rush happen, and they're trying to give Demon Hunters more cards. Um, making Rush happen, you see the Rush that exists in, in the meta. That's not going to change that much. There's a decent amount, but it's not like a guarantee. And as far as card draw goes, that's going to be game-changing. That will change how Demon Hunters feel and what Demon Hunters can do. So this set is very good for Demon Hunter. You almost never see any class come out and straight up get four A tier and above cards. That like so rarely happens. Um, and that goes to, to uh, also to like the rest of these classes. Like quite a few classes get a whole bunch of A tier cards in, uh, in this set. They, they really are getting more consistent with, with, the, um, with the power level of these class cards. Um, and for Demon Hunter, that thumb on the scale is on card draw. So you're going you're gonna to have a different Demon Hunter experience in this meta. All right. That's it for me. Um, we're going to see you in the uh, next class after this, which is uh, Druid. Until then, this is Objective. Welcome back. This is the Lightforge podcast card review for Festival of Legends. We are doing Druid now, and we are going to start this off with our second second S-tier card of this set. Two of three. I said there were going to be three. We did one already, which was the Death Knight card Arcanite Ripper. And now Druid gets the second one. This is Timber Tambourine in Druid. This one's an epic card. You're really not going to see it that often. And thank God, because uh, this card is... I'm just going to I'm just gonna tell you what it is. You'll, you'll see. Four mana, two, three weapon. So not great so far. Death Rattle, summon one, five, five ancient. Wow. So good, right? Like, summon a five, five ancient. That is so much. You normally don't even get a five, five for four mana. And you get that weapon to start with. Okay. And now here's the kicker. Play cards that cost 5 mana or more while equipped to improve. So any card that is 5 mana or more. And in the arena, you're going to have plenty of cards that are 5 mana or more. That's not like a impossible to fill condition. In fact, if you play this card on curve, your next card is probably a five drop that's five mana. And this has three charges. So even if you're just swinging with it, you will still have 
two turns, not including the turn you play it, to play cards that are five mana or more. Now, what does improving it mean? You would think that to improve a 5-5 five, five Ancient, you would just make a 6-6 six, six Ancient, right? Like, that's not that big of a deal. But no, improving it improves how many you summon. So if you improve it once, that means if on turn 5 or turn 6, you, you, you play one card that is 5 mana or above. Then you get two 5-5 five, five Ancients. If you, like, hold off a bit, let's say you have, like, a 7-mana card, you know, or, like, an 8-mana card, and you just, like, hold this weapon for a bit, which is fine, by the way, because, remember, Druid has no weapons. You're not, like, even, like, holding a slot for anything. Um, and Druid with weapons has the same thing Demon Hunter has, where you use your hero power, and then you get that extra damage if you need, right? Uh, anyway, if you hold it a bit, and you play, like, let's say, three of the large cards before you eventually trigger this, which is totally possible... In a normal druid arena deck. Then you will get four 5-5 five, five ancients. Four. 5-5 five, five ancients. That is 40 stats. For four mana. And you already had a weapon that's probably normally would be like a three mana weapon. That's like an okay weapon. So for that one extra mana and like quite a few turns of delay. You get 20 stats. S-tier card. S-tier card in the Druid. It is an epic card. That is its only saving grace. Because this is like just doing normal arena stuff. Normal arena stuff will just get you this crap. Now, this is also like... The delay does hurt it. Because if it's just like 20 stats in addition to a weapon or whatever, this would be like an S-plus-plus-tier card. But it's actually just an S-tier card. It's not even an S-plus-tier card. Because that delay does matter right like you are delaying it by quite a bit if you want to get this full synergy uh and if you don't get the full synergy you are getting a way more stats than you should but it's not like it's not like colossal levels of game winning right it's like just below the colossal level because colossals are all like s plus plus all right ah that is your first druid card we're not done we're done with the S-tier cards, but Druid has three A-tier cards. Now, thankfully, they're all rare. So none of the common Druid cards are A-tier, but all the rare ones are. Groovy Cat is next. Two mana, two one beast. Battle Cry and Death Rattle. Your hero power gives your hero one more attack this game. Um, that's really good. Your hero power turns from dealing one damage to two damage. Two mana, two damage? Endlessly? That's pretty damn good. Um, and that's just the battle cry. Because in reality, it might as well happen at the same time. This thing has one health. So, your hero power is really going to deal three damage. And if there's something we know about dealing three damage, it's not that you're going to keep removing minions with it. Which, you know, is really good. Two mana deal three damage to remove a minion is super good. But you're eventually going to take a lot of damage by doing that. What you're really going to do with this hero power is freaking go face. Uh... And then, it's it's like that hunter hero power, or as someone in chat just said, frozen touch. Yes, it's like an unlimited frozen touch, an unlimited buffed hunter hero power as long as you can get through a taunt. It is insanely powerful. Um, 
why is this only an A tier card rather than, let's say, an S tier card? Is because unlike Frozen Touch, you do have to get through a taunt. So there is actually a way to, like, make sure that you don't just lose the game, right? With, like, the Frozen Touches and the Hunter Hero Powers, because it goes through taunts, you set up a certain thing and it almost doesn't matter what they do. Like, unless they heal, you're, you're just going to beat them. For here, every single turn, you have to hit them to the face, which means it has to be taunted up. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Um, you also have to, like, play a 2-mana two 2-1, two which is not good and is not an on-curve card. So, there's also that. So, there's, there's a little bit of stuff holding it back from being, like, truly super ridiculously busted. Um, but... Yeah, um, and and yes, you can you can stack groovy cats to create the most ridiculous hero power. Um, but yeah, hero power still once a turn. You're still not doing multiple hero powers a turn, right? Frozen touches you can do multiples in a turn. So each frozen touch is like at least a fireball. Your your hero power for this druid is still only going to deal three a turn. So it's just it's all a bit more manageable, right? That's why it's not like this insanely ridiculous card. Still very, very good. Draft it. A-tier card. Next one. Summer Flower Child. Summer Flower Child is a 5-mana druid card. 4-5. Battle Cry. Draw 2 cards that cost 6 or more. Finale. They cost 1 less. I don't really understand this finale. This this finale feels kind of weak. Um, but it, what it's meant to do is to ramp those cards, right? So if you draw two cards, they're like eight cost cards. They are now seven cost cards. You can like play them earlier. That's what the finale's for. Um, overall, it's an A tier card. Not because uh, drawing two cards that are six or more is not super duper duper busted, even though this card is a little under curve. Uh, it's the fact that there are going to be some times in which you don't have two cards that cost six or more. That's not like an impossible scenario. Um, and if you don't have those large cards that are in your deck still, then this card becomes quite pedestrian. But otherwise, A-tier cards. You play it, you take a little bit of a tempo hit, and uh, you, uh, you get some more big cards. It's a very, very good card draw card. Alright, after that, we have Drum Circle. Another A-tier card, 7 mana, choose 1, uh, Nature Spell. Choose 1, summon 5 two, 2 Treons, or give your minions plus 2, plus 4, and Taunt. This is exactly what you want. Like, some choose 1s are whatever. Some choose 1s are done in a very good way. This one's done in a very good way. If this card just said summon 5 two, 2 Treons, it, it would be a high B. It's not anything super special. It's kind of like a, what you would expect to happen at 7 mana these days. But... It's getting a lot of value for its ability to be a buff and a game ender. Because if you are doing, if you're trying to build any kind of deck in which summoning 5-2-2 Treons does anything in the late game, then you're trying to put together a deck that has a lot of buff alls, that has a lot of tokens, right? Like, that's what you're doing. So if you already have those tokens, Drum Circle is a game ender. It either creates so much tempo that your opponent can't deal with it, or... It just literally ends the game by being a Savage Roar. Remember that card, Savage Roar? Um, so yeah, Drum Circle. 
Uh, I wouldn't say it's a high A. It's probably the lowest A. It's probably the worst card out of these three. Um, but but it is exactly what you want. That choose one is exactly what you want. Um, and it combos with so many things that Druid has. It also, uh, because this card now exists now and all the other cards, uh, there's just no reason you should ever let the Druid have anything on their board. Like, Druid is Paladin levels of clear everything. Or, I don't know, maybe leave like one, right? Like, because Paladins have single buffs, where Druid is the massive buffs that you care about. So if you leave like one thing on the board, it's probably not the end of the world. But if you ever leave them with like two or three things on the board, and you're like trying to go face or whatever, right? The Drum Circle Punish. Like, you are saying, you don't have a Drum Circle. Because a normal Druid, if you get, you, they have a few things on the board and they buff it all, it may still be too late for them, right? Like, they may have a bunch of stats... But, like, they still need a taunt. Here, it's not just a bunch of stats. It's not just the potential for lethal. But they also all have taunt. And so your opponent will never get through if they, like, chose to go face and ignore your minions before. So it's a huge punish for one of, like, the sneaky ways to beat a druid. Alright, so those are your A-tier cards. Next, we have a B-tier card. This one's common. It's a Peaceful Piper, 1 mana, 1-1, one, one. choose 1, draw a beast, or discover 1. Cool. Uh, discover a beast, not that great. Draw a beast, probably not that great. But who knows, right? Maybe you have already drawn your smaller beast. Maybe you only have a big beast, or like a really powerful beast in your deck. You get to pick. It's a B-tier card. After this, we go to C-tier cards. Uh, spread the word, 4 mana, draw 2 cards. Cost 1 less for each attack your hero has. If you synergized it and you played the you played the the cat, um, you know, spread the word becomes really really good. Uh, otherwise, this um, C tier card, uh, you're you do have to synergize it with some kind of like buff, right? Otherwise, arcane intellect is pretty bad these days. This one's four mana, so it's even worse. Um, but it effectively is 3 mana if you even have to hero power something, like a normal hero power thing. Like, you, you have to take care of that 3-1 on the board, right? So you use your hero power anyway, and then all of a sudden this is an arcane intellect. Um, not not great, uh, but it's like, like at least playable. And if you synergize it with any kind of like face buff, then this becomes very low. Like, there's decent amount of stuff that gives you like 3 attack to your face, or like even 4 attack, and then this becomes 1 mana or free. So yeah, it's uh, a synergy card. Um, also, Free Spirit. Let's cover Free Spirit. Free Spirit is a epic card. This one's also a C. Uh, one mana, one two, undead and a beast. Battle Cry and Death Rattle. Your hero power gains one more armor this game. Not as good as gaining attack, um, but hey, your hero power becomes armor up for three. And, uh, and still have that one attack. So that's, that's pretty good. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a healing card, right? Like, heals only do so much. Uh, but it's a C. Usually healing cards are lower than a C. This one's even better than a Yeti. Because it does, you know, if you can heal three per, uh, if you can heal three, uh, per turn, that really puts your opponent in a bind, right? Like, all of a sudden, 100 hero powers don't affect you anymore. Like, all of a sudden, um, you put, like, so many more games out of reach. Um, 
But yeah, but still at the end of the day, it's a healing card. Finally, the last non-legendary card is Harmonic Mood. Harmonic Mood is a two-mana common spell. Give your hero plus two attack this turn. Gain four armor. This is a D-tier card. It does swap each turn. So what you really want to play it as is the uh, two-mana Heroic Strike. Gain, uh, gain plus four attack. Uh, that also uh, gives you two armor. But that only happens half the time. So this is effectively a heroic strike that gets you two more armor, but like you can only use it half the time. That's not good. And heroic strike these days isn't that good. Like that was a, a old school classic card, right? So it's, I, I don't know. It's, it's gotta be a synergy thing. Like this has to be a synergy thing for a constructed deck because for arena, you really gotta match those synergies up for this to, to do anything. Alright. Legendary cards. Let's look at the Druid Legendary cards. Um, and before we get to it, like, you're trying to look at what Druid is doing, right? What they're trying to do with Druid for this set. Obviously, one thing is buff the hero power. But the other thing is uh, to, uh, to play with the two parts of the hero power, right? Which is attack and armor. Um, attack and armor synergizes with a bunch of stuff. So, is it going to come together for the Druid? Not really, I don't think. Like, I think all the synergies are going to be these, like, small pieces that may, like, work here or there. But it's not, like, super easy to pull off in the arena. Um, you're, you're going to use the synergies, but you're not going to get that. Because these all synergies all kind of build, right? And in arena where you don't get to pick the cards that are in your deck as well, they don't build as much. So they're kind of in control. Now, they're all pretty independently good cards. So you're going to put them in the deck, and you're going to feel the fact that you do have synergy, but it's going to be in control. Except for Timber Tambourine, which is not really a synergy and is not in control at all. Um, all right, legendary cards. The minion is Zog Flogsnout. Zog Flogsnout is a 7 mana 6 6 Quillbore. Battlecry summon 2 1 1 Quillbores with Taunt. Uh, and they are improved by your hero attack and armor gained this turn. So you're going to hero power, obviously, because having 2-2 two, two taunts is better than having 1-1 uh, taunts. Um, and, uh, sorry, having 3-3 three, three taunts is better than having 1-1 uh, one, one taunts. Um, but you already spent 7 mana on this. So your other synergies have to be 3 mana and below at most. Uh, so it ends up being a B. You can just treat it. Um, oh, sorry, hero powers make them two twos, now three threes. Um, so you can treat it as a seven mana six six with uh, two two twos with taunt. Like, uh, sorry, not seven mana, nine mana six six with two two twos and taunt, and you get that hero power. Like, it's good, it's a B tier card, it's just not like anything special. The legendary aspect of it involves combos that you probably won't have. Like, you could hit, but you probably won't have them. That's a worse Scenarius? Yes. Scenarius is better than a B-tier card. Alright, uh, the last card here is the uh, spell. Um, the spell here is actually quite good. Uh, four mana nature spell. Choose one secretly. Uh, summon three five five ancients in two turns, or eight eight giants 
in four turns. So you get to pick whether to wait two turns to get the payoff or to wait four turns to get the payoff. This one is a A-plus card. It's almost an S-tier card. The secretly doesn't really matter. Uh, the, the, it's more just that you spend four mana and you're getting three five fives. So four mana gets you 30 stats. Like what? It's, it's delayed two turns, but like what? It just does that. There's no conditional. There's no, there, there's no anything. It just, it just does that. Um, and if you're wondering whether to get three, five, five in two turns or, uh, three, eight, eight in, uh, in, in four turns, um, you can probably just win the game with three, five, fives. So I don't see the point of waiting. Like you'd much rather close off the ability of your opponent to like overrun you. Right. Because you have spent four mana and done nothing. Um, than getting that extra boost. But you can also do that based on what your opponent is doing, right? Like, if your opponent is a priest and just focused on removing all your stuff, for example, maybe you go for the 8-8s. Um, but then again, also, if they're a priest, the 8-8s probably won't do anything to them either. They're going to just remove all the 8-8s and save for it. Because after you play this, right, it may be secretly choose, but either of these choices, the priest is going to save their board clear for. Anyway, point is, insanely powerful card pick it. That's it for Druid. Nothing more. We're going to move on. Uh, see you guys in the, in the next class, which is uh, Hunter. Welcome back to the Lightforge Podcast Festival of Legends card review. This is Adwukta. Uh All these scores are Merps approved, uh, but he is not here because he is with Child. Um... We're at Hunter now, so this is this would have been the the one for Murps to come back to, um, but I will I will push through uh, without him and hopefully give you guys a, a good review on these. The best card in Hunter is one of the more interesting cards in uh, in this set, and this is a set with a lot of interesting cards because it's not just pure power that makes this card so good. It is Barrel of Monkeys. It is a 2-mana spell that says summon a 1-4 monkey with taunt. Three monkeys left. What that means is you play it, and then you get the card back, and it says two monkeys left. And you play it again, and then you get the card back, and it says one monkey uh, left. And then you play it, and it's gone. So you can use this card three times. Um, so you know how twin spells? This is uh, triple spells. Um, and two mana for a 1-4 with taunt is kind of on curve. It's like not quite on curve, but it's really close to being on curve. More importantly, 1-4 taunts are annoying, okay? Monkeys are annoying, and you can play a lot of them. This may seem like a weird pick to be an A-tier card, which are quite good. Uh, like A-tier is like your premium level of, uh, of class cards. But this is going to be, like, it's a rare card, but it's going to show up so often, despite the fact that it's a rare card, just because of how good it is. And it's going to be so annoying. So annoying for anybody to deal with. If you know about playing Hunter, you know that oftentimes the difference between a win and a loss is just how much damage you get through, right? You just need that extra round of attack, that extra whatever, right? One turn is usually the difference between life and death in a mid-range or an aggro Hunter. Well, Barrel of Monkeys will get you that extra turn quite easily. It may get you two extra turns. The only condition is you have to have a board to begin with. 
right? So, it it is a bit of a win more card, but it's also like a backup one uh, two drop. It's also a synergy card for anything that has to do with beasts or for, with multiple minions. Like you want one mana minions, but two mana minions are fine too for the multiple minions. You can just get, gather enough of these, and there's quite a few ways to make this ridiculous. And uh, even if you don't make it ridiculous, it's still quite solid of a card. Like very high floor, also a potential high ceiling. All right. After Barrel Monkeys, there's one more A tier card. Uh, this one's epic though. It's Jungle Jammer. Uh, we've got we've seen a bunch of these already so far. The instruments are very good. Uh, four mana, four two weapon, death rattle, summon a random one cost beast, cast spells while equipped to improve. Um, improving it just raises the cost of the beast, so it doesn't really do that much, and you're not casting that many spells as hunter anyway. Um, so that's why it's not like an S tier card like some of these other weapons, but still very good uh, A tier card. Um, it's also a damage to the face potentially, right? Like as Hunter. Um, next up, we have the core of the Hunter stuff. Hunter has a whole bunch of B cards. So the first one is Harmonica Soloist. This is B+, another epic card. Uh, so you won't see this that much. Three mana, four, two. Battle Cry. If you control no other minions, discover and cast a secret. Hunter secrets are decent. Um, but they're usually, like, good for their cost. They're not, like, actually super powerful by themselves, right? They're still just a two-mana card. Um, you also don't get to pick exactly which secret it is. You get an option of three random secrets. Some of the secrets are bad. Some of the secrets are good. Um, it's a B-plus card because what are you expecting out of this, right? You're expecting, like, a three-mana four-three. So you're just getting, like, a pure bonus if there's no other minions. And you could quite easily set up a situation with no other minions. It is kind of weird, though, um, because you're not really control in control outside of the very early game. Like, if you're not playing this on curve, you're not really that much in control of how much minions you have. Because you're usually hitting face as the hunter. So your opponents are in control. Like, if you have to trade a minion that you otherwise wouldn't just a harmonica soloist in the late or mid game, it's not worth it. Because you'd rather get that two or three extra damage than to get this extra secret. So you would just hold this Harmonica Soloist until your opponent somehow removes your whole board and then play it. Like, it's it's got a little bit of tension with the normal way to play Hunter. Uh, obviously, if you're a control hunter, uh, you know, you, you don't have to worry about that. All right, more B-tier cards. Bunch of bananas. This one is fun. This goes with the monkeys. You have monkeys, you have bananas. Bunch of Bananas is a 1-mana spell, common. Uh, give a minion, plus 1, plus 1, 3 bananas left. They're not as good as monkeys, they're not as big as monkeys, but you get the idea, right? You can get plus 1, plus 1s 3 times. 1-mana for plus 1, plus 1 is about on curve. Uh, so, uh, bananas are quite useful. Like, whenever you have those Mookla cards that give your opponent bananas, I, I always regret it. Because now your opponent can do a favorable trade at any time. Uh, and this lets you do it. And it synergizes, right, with any kind of cast spells cards. Because one mana spells. This will give you three one mana spells, right? Kind of insane. Um, Alright. Next is a Thorn Mantle Musician. 
Thorn Mantle Musician is a 1 mana 1 3 Quillbore. So, good curve card. Finale. The next beast you summon gets plus 1 plus 1. As Hunter, you're probably using up all your mana every turn. Or at least you really should. Uh, so, the finale is almost always going to trigger. You're always going to have beasts at some point, right? Even if you don't have it in your hand. And this one does not require you to have it in your hand. It's just the next turn. Uh, it's just the next beast that you play. Also, finale triggers if you play on curve. So this is a good on curve card that buffs your next beast, which could be your two drop or a coin three drop. So all very good. This is a B tier card. Cass in chat says it's cute. It is very cute. This is a very cute card. Um, all right. Finally, one more B tier card. Remember, B tier cards are like about average in your deck, maybe a little bit better. Um, and it is Banjosaur. Banjosaur is a 10 mana card. It is a beast. It is a 5 6 rush with the following ability Whenever this attacks, draw a beast and gain its stats. So, it is drawing a beast at least once, right? And then it is gaining its stats, which is probably sizable because it's whatever stats the beast happens to have. Now, when it gains the stats of the beast, that means it is also gaining health, which is going to help keep it alive, even though it's going to be your opponent's number one target. So yes, this could get out of control, but you do need beasts in your deck, repeated beasts, for it to actually get out of control. And this is really going to be targeted for your opponent. Um, so you get to remove a mid-sized minion, maybe even a larger minion, and uh, you get to draw a card. But for 10 mana, it's like a little bit low. So you got to balance the fact that this could be a game-winning card um, if you are sure your opponent has no more uh, removals uh, with the fact that this is a 10 mana card. Murps really hated on this card, by the way, to probably no one's surprise. Murps is like, what do you mean? Move it down. Move it down more. It's a 10-mana Hunter card. Um, and, and it doesn't, like, win you the game immediately, right? Like, even if it does win you the game, it's not going to happen for a few turns. Uh, and it's true. If you're playing a mid-range Hunter deck or a aggro Hunter deck, you don't draft this card. This card is, like, F-tier. But if you're playing a slower Hunter deck, the card does do a lot of stuff. Like, it does kind of justify its 10-mana, like... Uh, uh, price tag. Um, so yeah. I do think this win rate is going to be terrible though, by the way. Like we rated it a B, but this win rate is going to be awful. Because there's going to be so many people who like drafted in decks where it has does not belong at all. <laughs> Alright. Uh, next card up in Hunter is uh, C, which is... Uh, a C tier card. It is Arrowsmith. Nothing special here. Um, two mana, two, three Naga. After you do cast a spell, deal one damage to the lowest health enemy. The lowest health enemy technically includes your opponent hero. So if your opponent has no minions, um, Arrowsmith can get some extra face damage. Um, but otherwise, it's meant to synergize with bunches of bananas, clearly. Whenever you cast a spell, you deal one damage to the lowest health enemy, which is probably the enemy you want to damage anyway. But outside of bananas, that like one card synergy with it, one damage is not that much. 
you don't fully get to control where it goes and how many spells are you casting as Hunter. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely good. It's normally a D-tier card, right? A Croc would be a D-tier card. A very high D-tier card, but still a D-tier card. And this is C-tier. So this ability is doing work. Just uh, needs to do more than that to move it above the C-tier. Finally, uh, there's one more card in Hunter that's not legendary. It is irrelevant. It is F-tier. Uh, five mana, big dreams. Summon the highest cost beast from your hand. It goes dormant for two turns. I, I don't know. Uh, it's a constructed card. Pure constructed card, not arena. For the legendary cards, the minion is Mr. Mukla. Mr. Mukla is a six mana, 10-10 beast with rush. Battle cry, fill your opponent's hands with bananas. There's a lot of bananas you're giving your opponents. Bananas are super duper duper freaking annoying. Okay? Um, that being said, it does have this interesting side effect where because you fill your opponent's card and then you end your turn, your opponent's going to miss a draw. So you effectively reduce your opponent's draw by one while getting a 6 mana 10-10 rush. Like, super good, right? It's an A-tier card. The fact that your opponent gets a whole ton of bananas is really, really bad, though. You are never getting a favorable trade, like, again. Like, you better be in full control after this, or, you know, or else you're going to just lose. Um, but the swing itself is quite big initially. Six mana for a 10-10 rush. Alright. Uh, the final card, legendary, is the spell. This one is called Stranglethorn Heart. Um, it is tradable. It is 10 mana. 10 mana tradable cards. You want tradable when it's 10 mana. And the ability is resurrect all friendly beasts that cost 5 mana or more. If this did not have tradable, this would be like F tier. But it has tradable. So this is actually a C. Because it could win you the game. And when it doesn't, just throw it back in the deck, right? Like the more conditional... The more uh, late game a card is designed, the better the tradable tag is. This is the best tradable tag that they've ever printed. It is worth so much. Because this card doesn't work without the tradable. So even in Arena, this card is a playable, decent card in enough decks. Now... It's a 10-mana Hunter card that requires you to go to the end of your deck, right? Or, like, close to the end of your deck. Um, you got to have a deck for that. That is not a mid-range Hunter deck. That is not an aggro Hunter deck. I say this a bunch of times in here. This set is not made for aggro Hunters. It is very, very, very clearly made for, like, combo Hunters. And really late-game Hunters. So this card is no different. But you put this in a late game Hunter deck and it is playable. Um, like if a card, by the way, if a card is just tradable, I think it's still a D, like a high D. If it can't do anything else but be tradable. Because remember, the average card of your deck is a B. So any card that is tradable means that it is at worst pay one mana, upgrade this card to a B tier card. So, this is C. Alright, that's it for Hunter. 
We talked about it. Um, really, really, uh, your bunches of bananas is uh, is what you're going to, to go with and your barrel monkeys for as the rare complement to it. This is going to be pretty combo-y. Um, there's not enough, especially among the commons and the rares, to really, like, anchor this this hunter. So... These are just small pieces for the hunter, unfortunately. And uh, they're going to have to work with what the other sets are bringing to hunter. Because um, this set, it's not that it doesn't have high quality cards. They're just all pieces that complement different things. So there's no like cohesion in this set of hunters. It's a very like help out whatever you're doing uh, otherwise kind of set. All right, that's it for Hunter. Um, we're doing, what are we doing next? Mage is next. All right, see you guys in Mage. Welcome back to the Lifeforge Podcast's card review of Festival of Legends. We are on to Mage now. Um, let's just jump right in. The Mage's... Top perform uh, top rated card is an epic card volume up four mana arcane spell. Draw three spells. Finale. Discover a copy of one. Okay, so drawing the finale here actually kind of hurts it. This would be really freaking insane if uh, it didn't have a finale because once you draw the three spells and you want to discover a copy of one, which of course you want to, you can't do anything that turn. So. Everything is, like, shifted, like, to the next turn. Um, drawing three spells for mage shouldn't be a problem, but sometimes it may. Like, maybe you only end up drawing two spells instead of three because you only have two spells left. Maybe you draw three spells. But all the big mage movers and shakers are spells. Like, if you are a mage and you are going to win the game at all and have any shot at it, you probably have some game-winning spells. Volume up will draw them, and then we'll copy the best one. Like, four mana for four spells. That's that's insane. You you, you, you can't really beat that. Uh, the reason it's not like an S-tier card, it's almost an S-tier card. It's an A-plus tier card. The reason it's not an S-tier card is that you do have to have these spells to begin with, right? Like, this doesn't independently generate anything. You do have to have stuff in your deck. So, if you have it, this is great. If you don't have it... This doesn't do anything. If you have it, and you only have one or two, and you already drew it before you drew volume up, volume up does very little, right? So, there is a lot of ifs in here. But this is... This is uh, seals the deal and makes your good deck more consistent. Alright. It's an epic card, though. You won't see it that much. Um, but the card that you will see a lot, and this is a A-tier card, is Audio Splitter. 3 mana, 4, 3 mech, fully on curve, death rattle, copy the highest cost spell in your hand. Uh, so, so yeah, this is like that, uh, that hunter card, uh, which copied a beast. This one copies, uh, your highest cost spell. Overall, rather have the highest cost spell than the beast. Uh, but either way, they're both A tier cards, by the way. Good card. After this, Hunter has a bunch of uh, B-tier cards. Um, first one, Hollow Technician, is a B+. It is a... Uh, this card. It's an epic card. 
it is a three mana three four but that doesn't really matter because its ability says after any minion takes exactly one damage destroy it so it's a really complicated card <clears throat> you want to play it with a combo or at least with your hero power so it's like five mana or more even though it's a three mana card and it is a hard removal if not a mass hard removal but then on the flip side it itself is really just a 3-1 if your opponent can deal one damage at all. And any other card you may have have on the board or you may play during that turn has the same treatment. So it is a hard removal uh, that also puts a 3-1 on the board. Mm, I think that's how you should normally look at it. And then when you combo with it, you can make it a mass removal, but it also makes the rest of your board vulnerable. So you can't play it if you're super up. Or you can, but you run like this huge risk, right? It'll be like your opponent playing a bunker sergeant and you're losing the game. So it comes out to a B plus, but it's a real big swing. Super big swing. Alright. Um, now we're on to the B cards. Um, first one, Synthesize. These are pretty like average cards in your deck. Uh, add a random 1, 2, and 3 cost elemental to your hand. So, technically it's 1 mana, add 3 random minions to your hand. Uh, but they're all lower cost stuff. And the 2 mana elemental or the 3 mana elemental are likely to be on curve minions. So this 1 mana card does kind of maybe get you a 2 and 3 drop if you don't have it already. Has some value in that. Uh, but overall, 1, 2, and 3 cost elementals are not amazing. Um... Like, we talk about, like, cars that can do whatever stuff. These are just usually, like, minions. Um, so, yeah, speed. It's good. Like, pick it. But it's not, like, a premium card or anything. Keyboard Soloist is next. It is a 4-mana uh, 2-4 Naga battle cry. If you control no other minions, summon two one two amps with spell damage plus 1. Remember that skeleton necromancer guy? Um, that is a 4 mana 2-4 that gives you two one ones. Well, this one gives you two one twos, So that's good. And they have spell damage. So that's actually spell damage plus 2. Spell damage plus 2 is usually valued really highly, uh, I guess for constructive purposes. Uh, it doesn't do as much in the arena. But here, I don't know, you can combo with a bunch of stuff. Uh, it is overall a B-tier card. And then you have Cosmic Keyboard, another uh, B-tier card. This one is 2-mana 03 weapon. After you cast a spell, summon an elemental with stats equal to its cost. Lose one durability. So you want to play this before or on the same turn as you casting a relatively big spell. And then you get like free of big minions. Which means that even though it is a 2 mana card, it's not really a 2 mana card. It's like a pretty late game card. And then what it does is generate big dumb minions to the extent that you have spells. Um, it's good. 
because you probably need some large spells if you're going to do anything as mage again, right? Like, we just kind of assume that you have these big large spells because in decks that you don't, you're losing anyway, right? Um, but it is a very delayed kind of tempo, and that's all it is, right? It's, it's tempo. It's a little bit of card advantage. And after you play it, you kind of lock yourself in because you can't play this and then play a bunch of one or two mana spells. I mean, you can, but you don't like really like want to you want to get your your money's worth um unless you get them immediately right like if you cosmic keyboard and then play like i don't know you play cosmic keyboard on turn two and on turn three you i, I don't even know you just you just don't you will prefer to play bigger spells basically anyway that is cosmic keyboard um so yeah, after that, there's only two more cards. They're bad. First one is Rewind. Rewind is a D-tier card. Not totally unplayable, but pretty damn bad. Two mana. Discover a copy of another spell you've cast this game. So, it can only discover spells that you've cast, which means the mana is kind of controlled for most of the time that you can play it. Two, you had to have already drawn your big bomb and have played it and have not won the game for this to like be really good. So this is like not what you want. Like you, this is re, for two mana. This is really not what you want. Like this card should be like one mana in the arena. I'm sure in constructive, being able to essentially copy spells is like one of the ways to like create a deck or whatever. But not in arena. Like you really have to value a particular spell, right, for this to to do its job. Uh, speaking of valuing a particular spell. The last card in Mage is Light Show. Three mana, Arcane spell, rare. Shoot two beams at enemies that deal two damage. These are random beams, by the way, I've confirmed. It doesn't sound like it by the phrase, shoot two beams at enemies, but it is shoot two random beams. Uh, so you're dealing four damage total, randomly, to enemies, not enemy minions even. So it could go face. Um, and then shoot one more. For each light show you cast this game. Again, it's a constructed card. And I guess there's a way for you to generate a bajillion light shows. And then you're like, light show, light show, light show, light show. And you just kill everything and then do a lot of damage to their face. Uh, not an arena. This is an F tier card. Alright, let's go to the legendaries. The legendary minion for uh, Mage is DJ Manastorm. DJ Manastorm is a 10 mana 8 8. Battlecry, set the cost of spells in your hand to 0. After you cast one, the others cost 1 more. So, uh, this card is a D tier card. It is meant to be played with a really big spell, preferably a lot of really big spells in your hand. Um, you're probably not going to be able to get a lot of really big spells in your hands. because, And if you do have a lot of really big spells in your hand, you will probably have already won the game. What does DJ Manastorm actually add? Right? Like, look at what it actually adds. What it actually adds is an 8-8 eight, eight body to your ability to play your big spells. The 8 8 body doesn't do anything. It is big, it is dumb for the late game. What you would generally rather do if you have big spells is to play a big spell while playing something else with tempo or even a ping or something, right? Just to 
just to control the board or stabilize your situation if you have multiple big spells that you're going to dominate the game with. If you don't have multiple big spells that you're going to dominate the game with, DJ Mana Storm is like, I don't know, like a 4 mana 8-8, a 2 mana 8-8 at best, after you've already hit 10 mana. And that's after you combo it with something else. Like, it's just not good. Because um, remember, this card doesn't give you any big spells. It just it requires you to already have big spells already in your hand. What this is adding is your ability to get them out really fast. Uh, the, 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 the problem with that is, uh, is that you have to have multiple really, really big spells. And the game has to be not won because you have multiple really, really big spells already. It's just this narrow set of circumstances where it's actually good. And a very large set of circumstances where it is unplayable. Just a deck card in your hand. Alright. One last card for the Legendary and the Mage. And this is Infinitize the Magnitude. Infinitize the Magnitude is a two-mana spell that says discover a spell. Finale. Return this to your hand at the end of the turn. So... It is a two mana, like, hero power almost, that discovers a spell. Because you'll just use it at the end with the finale and you'll get it back and you can use it the next turn, right? Um, so you are discovering a spell. How good is discover a spell? Well, I mean, it's really good. Um, and you just have this extra hero power. This, like, warlock hero power for discovering spells rather than drawing from your deck. This one is an A. It's not, like, super game-winning because it is removing a card, right? Like, you draw, you have three cards to start the game. Now, if you get this, you only have two cards. That's severely limiting, right? This is why 10 mana cards are bad. Infinitize the Magnitude is like having an even worse than 10 mana card. Because all it does is draw you, like, draw you potential cards. So that's the downside. The bright side is that you have unlimited card advantage now, and you can hit your giant ridiculous bombs. Um, all right, so that's mage. It's a lot of uh, a lot of big spell synergy going on here. Um, is it all going to come together for the mage? I don't know. I think there's a lot of kind of mid cards in. Uh, in this uh in this set for mage and the really good like volume up is really good but it's an epic card you can't rely on like drafting it like audio splitter is good but it's generally going to be pretty rng whether you have to play this uh before you get the card that you actually want to copy otherwise it's still really good right like this card is always really good um but is it game winning good that depends on some rng um, ultimately this is a set it's kind of like hunter right where you add a bunch of pieces that's meant to play with other stuff but the other stuff isn't in this set itself so what sets are coming in what sets exist what sets what cards are already in core that mage has that are like the big spells um, and it's it's not as much as it needs to be i think for for everything to come together in this synergy thing all right, that's it for Mage. I'll see you guys in the next one for Paladin.
Welcome back to the Lightforce Podcast, uh, Legends Festival, Festival of Legends, that is the expansion name, this is Adwikta, we're doing a card review, and uh, yeah, we're on Paladin. Um, Paladins usually get the best arena cards, uh, because they're, their whole thing is like, put stuff on the board, do stuff on the board, it's very straightforward and it's very easy to translate to arena. Uh, so let's see what we get here for, for this set. The first card is Disco Maul. Disco Maul is a 2-mana two 2-2 two, two weapon. Death Rattle, give a random friendly minion plus 1 plus 1. Play minions while equipped to improve. Uh, so this one is quite good. It gets an A+. 2-mana two 2-2 two, two weapon is about right for a normal weapon. The Death Rattle giving a friendly minion buffs is uh, is pretty good, um, and you can upgrade it like kind of endlessly, right? Depending on how long you want to hold this weapon, in, because you only have to play minions to improve it, and it's the arena. You're going to be playing minions every single turn. Um, the reason it's not higher than an A plus, and an A plus is like almost an S, right? But the reason it's not quite an S is that ultimately you're still just getting a buff. Right, to an existing minion. And you're not controlling the board that much. You're spending 2 mana to deal 4 damage at separate points of time. Then you're getting a little bit of a bonus in terms of the buff. Um, is it really good? Yeah, it is really good. That's why it's an A+. It's like almost S. S tier, by the way, our description is broken. So this is like just below broken. Um... It is a, a very, very good card, and uh, we're all going to hate it because it is common. It is a common card. Like, you look at some of these S-tier cards, right? Like, Timber Tambourine may be way more broken than Disco Mall, but that's an epic card. So, even if Druids are everywhere, they're not going to get Timber Tambourines. That's an epic card. Um, you look at Arcanine Ripper. Arcanine Ripper was our S-tier Death Knight card. Uh, super good. Um, but, like, that's a rare card. So you are going to see it sometimes. It's not epic, but you're not going to see it all the time. Here, this may not be a actual S-tier card like these other cards, but it's an A-plus card. It's kind of close to the low end of the S-tier cards, and it's a common. So you're going to see it all the time. You're just going to have to be ready for Paladins to always put this on two, and then it doesn't matter if they get to use it or not, because it'll just keep buffing. And whenever they finish their two swings, which will all be on the board, all for tempo, uh, and if you're using this and you're wondering, hey, do I just swing so I can get the bonus out really quickly? No, you just hold on to this. This isn't like Tambourine, where you would actually just swing face if you needed to, just to get the charges out. Uh, for this, you just hold on to it, because every turn you're buffing it. Every single turn you're buffing it. So it doesn't really matter how long you like hold it for. Uh, if anything, you're incentivized to kind of hold it for longer, right? Uh, make sure you get this damage onto the board. And once you get your two damage on the board, whether it's on turn three or turn four or turn five, um, that's when you get this ridiculous, like, just tempo boost. Even if it doesn't have initiative, right? Even if you have nothing on the board that you're, like, hitting with or whatever, just play any minion and do this. Uh, you also... Uh, <clears throat> you also, if you don't have a ton of minions on the board, you can kind of control which minion it hits. So, it is random, but it's random buffing your side of the board. So, how random is that, really? Uh, and you can get it to hit, like, a Divine Shield, at least, if not something, like, more ridiculous. 
So this is going to be the defining card for Paladin. Like, not quite S-tier, but super duper good in common. Alright. Next best card in Paladin is going to be Jitterbug. This one's rare, so less commonly seen. 4 mana, 4, 3, Divine Shield. Alright, already good. Now, after a friendly character loses Divine Shield, draw a card. So not only is it already a above-curve 4-drop, but when it loses its Divine Shield, which it is going to do unless someone assassinates it, you also draw a card. And if you have any other synergies with Divine Shield, like any other Divine Shields out and about, uh, before this guy dies, if they lose their Divine Shield, you draw more cards. Its potential is insane for card draw. Um, but even at its lowest floor, that's very high. It is a higher than on curve four drop that replenishes itself. Um, okay. After that, we have some uh, nice stable B tier cards. First one is going to be uh, Funkfin. Funkfin is a three mana 2 2 Murloc with Divine Shield. And your minions with Divine Shield have plus two attack. So it's really a 4-2 Divine Shield minion. And then once the Divine Shield pops, it becomes a 2-2. And your other minions with Divine Shield all get a bonus too. So this is a B-tier card. It's a above, uh, above curve card, but not above curve by that much because it ends up with a 2-2. Like imagine it's a 4-1 with a death rattle of a 2-2. Like, it's fine as a 3-drop, but it's not, like, doing amazing things. And then this ability carries over to anything else you have uh, Divine Shields with. Uh, after that, we have Harmonic Disco. Harmonic Disco is a 5-mana rare holy spell. Uh, discover a 5-cost minion. Summon it with plus 1, plus 1. Swaps each turn. So you can get a 5-cost minion with plus 1, plus 1, or a 1-cost minion with plus 5, plus 5. You generally want the 1-cost minion with plus 5, plus 5, because that'll just get you more stats, but it's not that big of a deal. Uh, either way, it's going to be probably overstatted for a 5-drop. And I guess you could potentially get some really sick, like, you know, combo out of it. A combo with itself, right? With good RNG. Um, but yeah, but it's a B-tier card. Pretty basic. Um, next, we have a Noyo Troop. A Noyo Troop is a nine mana Anoyotron. Uh, it is a three six mech with taunt. It has divine shield. It has a death rattle, which is to summon three Anoyotrons. So it has a lot of taunt. It will require a minimum of eight hits to get rid of. And uh, it's, it's very annoying. Um, it's a B. It's decent size, super annoying, very, very high taunt scores, um, but super duper 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 low damage, right? So it's pretty balanced. And then we have uh, some, we actually have 
three cards uh, in Paladin, which is unusual, but we have three cards in Paladin that kind of don't fit anywhere and are for, I guess, constructed level combos. Um, the first one is Spotlight. Uh, this one's an epic card. Two mana, tradable. Convert a friendly Divine Shield into a 5-5 Elemental. Uh, like I said, if you just had a tradable card, it's probably D. So I don't know, maybe this one should be a D+. Um, you know what? I'm going to make it a D plus just to switch it to a D plus on the spot because it does do something right like just tradable is a D but if you ever have anything with the divine shield you can spend two mana to basically get a five five and take away a divine shield the divine shield is worth two to three like health so you're essentially you're essentially able to spend two mana and get like a 5-5 five, five and take away 2-3 health from one of your minions. Is that great? No. That is not great. For an off-curve, 2 mana, you know, 5-5 five, five that also costs something else. But it's better than what you normally get with a 2 mana card. And until then, it's tradable. Right? The tradable tag is so huge. Like, tradables just can't go that low. Um, Alright. Next up is a Noyo Troop. Uh, no, we already did a Noyo Troop. So, next up is Lead Dancer. Lead Dancer is a 6-mana 4-2 uh, Death Rattle. Summon a minion from your deck with less attack than this minion. You gotta plan this out. You gotta build a deck for this. So that the thing that you're summoning with less attack than this minion is actually some gigantic thing. In Arena, it's not gonna work. It's just a really bad and small minion. Uh, it ends up being an F+. And finally, another card that doesn't work and from Paladin is Boogie Down. This one's common too. So this will be quite dilutive of the Paladin's power as a common card that has a uh, boosted offering rate. Uh, and this is Boogie Down. Three mana, holy spell. Summon two one-cost minions from your deck. Finale, give them taunt. I don't really know what Paladin's supposed to do with this in Constructed, but in the arena... Um, one, I don't know how many one mana minions are in your deck, but even if you had them, this is like not great, right? Like normally, what do you expect from three mana? Like two, two twos? Well, what, what kind of minions are you having in your deck that's one mana? Like at best two twos, right? Like probably worse than two twos. You're probably going to have some like one ones that draw cards or like whatever stuff. So I don't know what this is supposed to do in Constructed, but in Arena, it is bad. This is an F tier card. And I'm saying that, like, I'm, I'm trying to point out that this is super dilutive because up until now, there has not been a single common card that is F tier. There, uh, for, for any of the classes. In fact, there has only been one card that is even D tier, and that's Harmonic Mood um, in a otherwise pretty strong, like, Druid set. Um... So this dilution is is real, and I don't know if it makes up for uh, the mall being a common. It probably doesn't, but it's just not 
not everything is good for the paladin this time around. And uh, that's that's important because usually everything is good for the paladin. Um, all right, let's talk about the legendary cards before we end this paladin thing. First one is uh, the legendary minion, Kangor, Dancing King, five mana, three three life steal, Death Rattle. Swap this with a minion from your hand and give it life steal. So. When you swap it with something in your hand, that means you get Kangor Dancing King back into your hand. So the Dancing King never dies. Unless, I guess, you have no more minions in your hand. Um, but uh, you have to like kind of play your hand in a way so that the card that Kangor swaps back in is super, super big. right? Like That's what makes Kangor good. Because once that card dies, it doesn't like swap again or anything. And Kangor's first body is just a 3-3 lifesteal. Which, starting on turn 5, which is the earliest that you could play this, would probably be like 2 mana. So you gotta get at least 3 mana's worth off of a death rattle minion. Which would be like 4 mana's worth of a minion. So for this to be like even an okay card, like we're talking like D plus or C the thing that comes out has to be at least like a normal like yeti or something so this card gets a b partly because you can control what comes out of it uh to a decent extent and partly because you get the kangor back and you can play it again even if it's you know depending on what cards you have in your hand it may still not be great but um my point is don't play it on turn five right you got to really set it up so you could make it work and be really good. You can get really lucky and be really good. But even at its not super good parts, it's still like a, a decently solid late game card. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a pretty complicated card. I see in chat, one person says, I think this is terrible. And another person says, I think it's good. Uh, it's both, right? It just depends on what happens. You, Which is why I'm saying you have to set it up. You don't want... You, when it says swap this with a minion from your hand, you don't want that to be a random minion. You want to have like two minions in your hand at most, and both of them are good choices for this to come out. And the problem with that is that you get Kangor back, right? So unless you're drawing or discovering a whole bunch more cards, the next time Kangor comes out, if you have only like one car, one minion in your hand, and you Kangor's out, and then you know you kill Kangor, that minion comes out, Kangor's back in, you play Kangor. Now you don't have minions in your hand, or you have whatever you have in the top deck, and now Kangor is like kind of a bad card, right? But you still got an extra card out of it. So when you set it up well, you're still like the future Kangors are not so good. If you set it up poorly then the first Kangor is not even good and you're kind of anti-tempoing yourself or throwing it all to RNG. Like, that's why it's not really good. But it's also never really bad because you're still getting a decent amount of, like, tempo out of it if you do any kind of setup. So, there's that balance in the middle of this card, right? Like, don't do too much setup because then the card actually gets worse. But also, don't just throw it out there on turn 5 because then the card is not good. All right. After Kangor, the spell is Starlight Groove. Starlight Groove is 3 mana. Holy spell, give your hero Divine Shield. For the rest of the game, playing a holy spell refreshes it. So this is basically like gain a very tiny amount of life. It is an F tier card. 
not an arena card. Alright, that's it for Paladin. Uh, Disco Mall is going to be the bane of your existence. We have a whole bunch of, like, we have three S-tier cards, uh, but this card may just be the most impactful, um, leg uh, sorry, most impactful class card in this entire set. Because it's on Paladin, and Paladin's always good, and, uh, and it is A-plus. It is almost at S-tier level. Alright, that's it for Paladin. See you guys next up is Priest. <laughs> Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.